Round three action kicks off Thursday night. We are back for another episode of Richo, Brownie and Hummer. Brownie's a little bit fired up. Richo, even more fired up. In fact, the reason we're a little bit late this morning is because you were just very, very upset at uh, a poor customer service employee, Richo. Yeah, it's just not on, is it? I mean, well, I have just moved house, so I've been yep. dealing with customer service hotlines for months now. Which one? Well, Telstra in particular. Oh, yeah, yes. they're no good. Yeah, no good. And no good. this morning, unfortunately for Hotels.com, they've jumped into the top three customer service. Wow. They, they just, how many times do you have to ring and ask them the same thing? He's That's, not an angry man, Richo, but that is as angry I've got as me I worked up. He, he, didn't play, he didn't play with him. I'm sorry. No. I'll tell you what, he could give the best spray of any known man in the forward end. There's spittle coming out everywhere. He had those veins in his head and he did the point. Why can't they? I remember, I remember poor old Jay Schultz on a couple of occasions. Didn't know where to look. But uh, how did the man from Hotels.com go? No, he didn't go that well. No. He, he got the job done in the end, but that, this is about the fifth time I've had to ring. He's, we had to well, move Schultz into another club. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna, he, they might have to move this he, bloke from hotels.com to booking.com. <laughs> he's, dropped hard, the, he's dropped the mate, hurry up, I'm at work. How hard can it be to keep a record of the previous conversations you've had? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought very difficult. Seriously. Anyway, hey, I'm, you, I apologise for my tardiness. You, because you've been fired up during the week, you're not happy with the uh, with how things went in the, the, uh, the umpiring. You're tweeting a lot about it. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Because and we'll get into it later on around the grounds. But seriously, I just think we've got to get back to the umpires and players being able to just communicate and have a bit of a talk with each other and a common sense approach. And we'll talk about it with Sicily. But back in the day, the umpires used to have a bit of banter with you. Good banter. You? And mm. you felt like you could relate to them and they could relate to you. And I remember a game in Perth back in the early to mid-2000s. Remember Darren Goldspink? Love oh. Darren Goldspink. And why very did you funny love him? man. Why did you love him? Because he interacted he and did. he was good. He'd take, he'd take the piss out of you and he was yeah. very quick-witted. So well, I've taken a mark just before half-time, 50 metres out, straight in front. Well, probably 40. That's your bread and 45 probably, out straight in front. Probably kicking from just outside 50. As I was about to line up and kick the goal, one of our lads has been asked to go off with a blood rule. It might have even been Jay Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Good just after one of those sprays. Good uh, bloke, Schultzy. Anyway, so we had to move him on though. <laughs> it was a tight, it was a tight part of the game. I've now had a bit more time to think about my shot at goal while Schultzy is coming off the ground. They're trying to get uh, a new player back into position, and as we're waiting, Darren Goldsmith standing right next to me, and he goes, "Jeez, Richo, this is a big kick, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yes, it is, Darren. It is a big kick. Oh, see, did Razor Ray ruin it then? Because I feel like Razor Ray, there was, he was bought into it. He was bought into it pretty... Um... <laughs> let him finish the story. Oh, is that not over? No, it's not finished. <laughs> so, Can you just start the part again when Darren comes yeah. in? So Darren looks at me Long and pause. he knows that I'm doing my head in about the shot of goal I'm about to take. And he goes, geez, this is a big kick, Richo. And I said, yeah, it is, Darren. And he said, uh, he said, oh... You wouldn't want to miss this. <laughs> I said, no shit, Darren. <laughs> it was a, a vital part in the game. So by this stage, our, our uh, players come back onto the ground. Uh, I've gone back to have my shot at goal. And what do you reckon I've done? You've missed it. Kicked it out of bounds on the <laughs> floor. <laughs> and, oh. Dar- and Darren said, oh, that's a big miss. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. The umpires could and have a bit of fun with it. with today's current day and age, we should be able to interact with the umpires. They, they should have... 
I guess, their own sort of, um, not their own fan base, but their own characters, yeah. I guess, out there. Like the, I remember Scotty McLaren, who doesn't uh, umpire anymore, but he came to one of those island tours with us. And there was a rumour going around that he had two-time premiership umpire tattooed on his ass. So he had the premiership cup and the years that he umpired. Jeez. And so we're all in the bar asking him about it. And so he actually said, all right, boys, you've asked about it enough. He got up on the bar, pulled his Dax down Did he have and it? showed us his ass, and he had the two time <laughs> premiership. And the other thing, so it was great. Everyone was up and about. You know, Scotty McLaren, we had a beer with him. The other thing I do remember when he was up on the bar, your mate, Luke Darcy, who I played with, grabbed his beer and he was going to put something in his beer. And Robert right. Walls was standing next to Das, but didn't notice. But Robert Walls's wife was standing on the other side, and she looked at Das and said, do not do that, you awful man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shit himself and put it back. But uh, well done, Scotty McLaren. It, um, it was like a cigarette butt or something oh, like that. That's but, all right. Yeah. So what, what we're trying to say here is that, seriously, there's two... The, um, the players and the umpires need to have a, a better relationship, mm. I reckon. That's what we're saying. Well, yeah. let's resolve another issue. What yeah. your burning question... Yeah, Today. well, the flat peak hat, as we touched on before, gone. Yep. I've had to uh, shelf that. Everyone Fair sort enough, of I think. told me it wasn't on. So Sunday night on the way home from the Bulldogs-Hawthorne game, I was a little bit annoyed at what I had seen there with yep. the umpiring. So I needed just a, a quiet beer and a nice meal. So we've gone mm. to the Standard Hotel in Fitzroy. Beautiful. Brownie, good pub. Yep, very nice. And walked in and there's a, a band setting up, a, a country band, and all three of the members of this band had uh, denim on, not just double denim, but triple denim, okay? Now, I liked it. Triple? triple. No, I liked it. Like shirt, jacket. Shirt, jeans, and denim jackets, right? All denim with a different shade to it. Yep. Now, I said to my wife, Genevieve, I said, I like that. I would wear that. And she resoundingly told me that, no, I couldn't wear it. Now, my question, my burning question today Mm. is, is double or triple denim acceptable? I'm, I'm, go with, I'm with you all the way here. And the point that you made, Ooh. that they had slightly different yeah. shades. If you okay. wear the same shade on top and bottom, you can't do that. But if you wear a black jean yeah. with a, a lighter jacket or right. you wear a, like a, a dark blue with a lighter yeah. jacket, I think that what can work. What about the triple? Yeah. What about the, the, uh, as long zone? as they're all a different... Uh, different yeah. So cut. they weren't all the same. Cut. Diff- <laughs> different shades shade. of denim. Okay. They were, oh yeah, I'm... What are you, I'm, Hummer? I'm definitely double, right. but again, I think they do need to be different shades. Right. The triple for me, I don't, it, it takes a brave man to pull off a denim jacket, I think. No, not but at all. But in your younger days, you used to wear a lot of denim, and yeah. you've got a, a denim shirt, which I've always liked, which yeah. I'm sure you've worn with Genevieve. Yeah. And she, with, you've worn double yeah. denim with no, her No, no, but the triple... Well, did, wear, she, did she see past that when you were dating? No, no, she's happy with double, but she thought triple, triple was taking yeah, a step I, too I think far. I'm with Genevieve. Yeah. How does she think you, you dress? Like, Is she a fan of the way you dress? I don't dress? think she cares there's anymore. An, there's an age gap. I don't think was, she cares anymore. I, I, oh, hang on, turn my phone off. Uh, Consummate professional. Yeah. Does she like the way you dress? I, I don't think she cares at all anymore. Well, she should. Well, she should, but I don't what think about, she does. What about your doll? Does she care? Because you have a very young, you have a younger man's taste. Let's be honest. You wear snow boots to the office. You wear mustard-coloured t-shirts. <laughs> you wear these jeans that have got zips that go halfway up. I don't have a pair of jeans that have zips. They are no. no. Well, what are no. those pants you wear that have got the zips on the, near the ankles? You do have them. No, they're his boots. I do not have. <laughs> you a, do, but you are a bit fashion forward. No, just just uh, just uh, I go to country road right? like every other man. Oh, you do not. 
Around the Ground, which we said was probably not the most creative title. We we were, we said we'd spend some time on it during the week coming up with uh, I don't mind that anyway. something else. I'll just stick with it. We still haven't do it, it, but now. this is where we, we tackle four or five, probably four this week, uh, topics from the you know, big talking points from the AFL. We're going to start with what we touched on earlier, the Sicily free kick, Richo. Outrageous. Completely ridiculous. Uh, seriously, what game are we playing here? Now, we don't want... Uh, stomach punches and, and yep. that type of thing. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Rule that out. But when you've got two players, a forward and a defender late in a game, in key moments, you are going mm. to get a little bit physical and fired up. It's the nature of the game. You can't expect guys to prepare for a professional sport in a high-pressure situation and go out there and not lay a finger on each other. Now, I don't want to see any coward punches or king hits or punches in the stomach, but seriously, a little push and shove is not going to hurt anyone. It's two physically grown men in a highly competitive environment. And if we start paying those, the game has lost the plot. Did you do a lot of that when you were playing? It, it gets you up and about. It gets your adrenaline running. And you can't avoid it We're in a physical contact sport. Mm. So I don't know what they're trying to do at AFL House. But, Brownie, that was ridiculous. What I've... I... I feel sorry for the umpires too because there's all these rules they bring in and they go, we're going to really crack down on this and we're going to really watch this and if you do this, you're going to get reported. So the umpires think, well... They've got too much to think about. If, if somebody actually puts their hand up near somebody's face, I've been told I need to pay a free kick and the umpires don't really have the feel because they've probably never been in that situation themselves where they play, where there is a push and shove, so they see the hand up in the face. And I think the umpires have got too much to think about, as you said. Um, and there's so many rules that have come in that are new, um, and the umpires, I you know, genuinely feel sorry for them because I reckon they get it wrong and they cop the brunt of it from the supporters. Do. It's not but fair. again, it's a directive coming down it's, from above. It's not the umpires. It's the directive from above. So why don't they just say, Hummer, Common sense approach. If you're yep. you're pushing Brownie, which I think you probably will out in the office later on oh, because there's a bit of tension. That, more than yeah. a push. Seriously, I'm the umpire. I just come up and say, okay, guys, that's enough. One more yep. and I'll pay a free kick. And I, if you hear the word, I'm going to pay a free kick, you're going to stop straight away. Just have a common sense approach to it. This clown here, Hummer, sits in the office and like waits till everybody's around. There might be a fair group of people, 10 to 12, oh, and go. he'll sit back in his chair and he'll go, I would have loved to have played on you. I, I, honestly, I would have I I been able to stitch you up unbelievably. He goes, I was a good player in my day. I just didn't take it serious enough to play AFL. I, I still would have loved to play. I reckon you would probably have me for leg speed. Strength, I'd have you. And intelligence. Skills, I would have you. Football, Lateral football movement. Football brains, I courage. would have you. Sorry, what was that last one? I'd have you on football brains. <laughs> I would know. Football brains. Yep. Okay. Mate, I'm one of the best defenders in VFA Div 3, if okay. not the best. No you wouldn't, Hummer, you wouldn't beat Brownie. You don't reckon? No, no. Why not? You just wouldn't have enough nous. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, Football brains. I tell you what, I would, have, I would have clobbered him early in the game and then we see what would happen whenever you were involved in melee back in your day. What about the cats? How good are the cats going at the moment? Um, and Chris Scott, control. the courageousness of him to go away, and it's only early season, Like we're two games in, but he's put Joel Selwood out on the, uh, on the wing. He's brought young players in, Atkins and Constable and these guys, forward pressure. And he's brought another kid, Jordan Clark, into the back end. And they've just rejigged the way they go about it. It's very similar to what Richmond did possibly three years ago now. You know why Geelong goes so well? Because of smart recruiting. And they go and get players from the local area. 
So they want to be at the club. They want to stay in the local area down on the mm-hmm. peninsula. You know, they go out and get Dalhouse and Rowan from the Bulldogs and Swans, both boys that played Geelong Falcons under 18. So they want to come home. They get all the young kids from around the area. They play them in their VFL team for two or three years. They want to be at the club. They want to play there. So it creates a great environment. And I think that's why they're such a good team. The Geelong Football Factory. Man. It's a factory the down there. Factory. Yeah. We've, and, got, we've got that at Canterbury, the Roeville Football Factory. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Roeville Football well, Factory tuned out? <laughs> what have they tuned out? A couple of gangsters. Yeah. James Hurd. Will he coach again? Well, he that's obviously... Put it on the agenda, didn't he? He was asked, and normally you'd refute it, and you go, oh, no, nah, probably that's past me. But he's genuinely a man who answered like he wanted to coach again. I was I was a little bit surprised, but, I mean, heard he's – what is it now? He's had a three or four years out of the it's game. It's been four years. Yeah. Um, he's gradually got involved over the last 12 months. Now he's back on radio. I guess everyone deserves a second chance. Why shouldn't he coach again? But – Gee, I'd be surprised if it was at Essendon. Sure. I listened to him on the radio, uh, being Triple M, and I thought his comments were concise and clear. Did and it you sound can, like he definitely wanted yeah, to? Yeah, you can see you can see the brain ticking over as a coach and what he's talking about. It was yeah. impressive. Yeah, so will he coach again? Probably. Whether it's at senior level, I don't know. Mm. But I'm sure another club would offer him a job. I just can't see it being at Essendon. It couldn't be at Essendon. Would you yeah. have him at Richmond? Yeah, as why a not? As a fan, as a supporter, as a... Well, he was a champion of the game and he proved that he, he could coach... Football IQ Essendon. is football yeah. IQ, so, which yes. you clearly don't have, as we've found out. But I think one of the reasons why St Kilda are going okay, they've got Brett Ratton over there this year and their game plan is a lot different to what it's been. He has got really good football IQ. You get good people into your club yeah. who are smart and you're going to go places. I reckon he'll end up somewhere. That's my answer, yes. Brisbane have shocked the football community with their start. I mean, I don't think anyone... They have. But you know why, Hummer? No. Because they went out and got a good coach. That Chris Fagan has been coaching since 1992. He coached junior development down in Tassie, and he was a good developer of young talent down there. And he's had a long apprenticeship, and he just gets it. Look, you just got to go out and get the right coach. doesn't matter how old they are. People were saying he was too old. Mm. That's ridiculous. If you can coach, you can coach. And I love a bloke that still looks like the players fear him. And I reckon as, as much as he's their mate, he I still like think... They, they love him, though. Yeah, but I, he can blow up. You've seen him in yeah. the, on, on the screen, and I've heard yeah. from a few Brisbane players the wrath that he gives if they don't do the right thing. I still think there's a big thing you need to fear your coach in in a certain way. I reckon this day and age, so many young players are comfortable with their coaches and the players have a lot of uh, say at the moment, but you still need to be able to fear your coach somewhat. And I reckon he's got that. Yeah, it's got to be. And he's had it so much time at Hawthorne under Clarkson. Mm -hmm. Well, they talk about the Roeville Football Factory. What about the Clarkson Coaching Factory? Well, that's that's something in that, isn't it? You look back when Tommy Hafey was coaching at Richmond and Collingwood and Sydney. Mm. I think he had something ridiculous, like 30 guys from under him came out and coached. So the same's happening with Clarkson now. Would you, if you could rearrange your top eight, which you said at the start of the year, which I think every man and his dog who have attempted this... No, and yet, would you put Brisbane in now? Oh, yeah. not yet. Not yet. Ooh. Well, they'll win this week at the Gabba. I think they can beat Port. Well, they're only going to win nine more games. Mm. Yeah, no, they're we'll... very good at the Gabba. I'll wait a few more weeks. All right, uh, Brownie, the, uh, this is the, an, a, uh, an award that you brought in, the Trump Award. It's not the Trump Award. I like award. it. I like the it. Trump Award, where we give a 3-2-1 for best on <laughs> and worst on, but not just players. It could be commentators, it could be coaches. Anyone in the teams, footy industry. Anyone. Yep. And I've got a few this week. Before so, we start, though, did you manage to get that leaderboard together from yes, the first two weeks? I have. Yeah. 
Thank you. It's it's um well it's not complete. (laughs) (laughs) You need to lie down, mate, this afternoon. Seriously, Uh, we've got uh, Stephen Coniglio on six votes. Yep. Yep. Leading the best on, and leading the worst on is the Essendon Football Club, also on six. Well, they did a pretty good job of it again this week, the Bombers. But I have gone one vote. This is the best ons this week. uh, Vote for Chris Main now. I made a joke about two and a half years ago, why would Collingwood even bother? This bloke looked done and dusted. He couldn't kick. He, he was absolutely going like a busted. But I tell you what, has he turned his football around? And his game the other night, he ran and ran and ran. Wasn't the best on the ground, but I just thought the way he linked up and where he's come from was a PB at 32 touches. So I gave one vote to Chris Mayne. Two votes to Chris Scott. I spoke about how courageous he was before to change the game plan. When you're a coach that many years in and you change something, it can either go two ways. You can either go, you elevate your coach or you're on the way out. And I think he's done the right thing. And three votes to Lockie Neal. 43 disposals. Lockie Neal. Could have five or six votes in the Brownlow already. He's uh, he's been amazing up there. I like your votes. I like them, uh, Brownie. Thanks, uh, Okay, it's my nice three, of you. the Chris Mayne, He deserves that. He, you know why? Because he works hard. Yep. It's no fluke if you work hard as a footballer, you're going to eventually get the rewards. Hasn't got the greatest pill on him though, has he? Yeah. Let's be Mayne. honest. Or natural football ability. <laughs> he's, he he's, works he's, hard. No, he's a good footballer. Oh. He, he works oh, hard. He does work hard. Oh, but would normally... you beat him too, would you? <laughs> Hummer, I'm going to come and watch is, you play this stronger? year. Please yeah, do. I will. We start this week against right. Aquinas College. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to... No one cares, Hummer. Okay, <laughs> three votes. I'm going to come and watch that. Uh, three votes. I gave them to Jade Gresham. And yes. Nick, did Nick Rewalt say this week he's their best player? I think he is, yeah. yeah. It shows you how uh, highly they regard him at St Kilda. Uh, the Saints have had two wins, and he's been their best player, I reckon. So Jade Gresham, three. I gave two to Lockie Neal as well. Um, good way to come into a new club, just put your head down and play like he's playing. And one to Dangerfield. The form of Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly was tagged by Harms early in the game and Danger goes, how good's this? I'm just going to run around and have 38 or 39 and kick two goals. So Danger's getting the rewards of Tim Kelly's form. Uh, do you want me to start with my worst? Keep going. Yeah, I will. Roll on, Matt. I will. Uh, Dominate. I gave three votes. What is wrong with you today, Brownie? There's something in the air here at Sportsbet, isn't there? Because I come in here and I don't know what I'm going to get from week to week from you two. It's starting to really... It's a weird... Are you, are you, were you going to start with the three votes for worst on or were you going to do the no, one? No, I'm going to go two, from three. one. Okay, right. well, you were going to do the three. I was going to. It's like I started with three. At the, I gave one to Michael Christian from the match review. Ooh. They've been doing the Brownlow for a lot of years and they've always started at the one, yeah, haven't they? They did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I realise that now. One to Michael Christian. Yeah. He had yep. a mare last yep. weekend. How's he got <laughs> a Chris had a job. Seriously, how could you suspend Mason Cox for that? And yeah, I couldn't believe it. I've given two to Steve Hocking because, as we talked about before, it's not the umpire's fault. They're directed by the head of the football <coughs> operations uh, how to umpire things, and Steve Hocking's the head, so it goes to the top. Not a good uh, decision last weekend nope. to pay those frees, and. I mean, you can't ignore Kyle Langford. Seriously. <laughs> I've done it before. I How? I, how does it happen? Well, I think he thought he heard the whistle. 
And that's what happened to me one night. I thought I heard the whistle and stopped and the rest of the play went on and I looked like an absolute <laughs> idiot. And unfortunately, the same thing happened for Kyle, so he got the three votes. All right. Uh, I'm very similar here. I've gone one to Christian Petrarca. I don't think anybody embodies where Melbourne are at in the first two games. Mm. And I, I still think Melbourne will play finals because I think they'll beat uh, the Bombers and I think he'll be a good player. But right now, I don't know why he's not playing midfield. He was ordinary the other night. When he did get the footy, he fumbled it. Um, so Christian Petrarca... One vote for me. Same as you, Kyle Langford. I've never seen anything on a field like that. I I didn't see yours, but even if he thought there was a free kick... He must have, You still stand there and man the mark because you're just not thinking. You're not in the game. And then three votes to... uh, How fucking hard can it be, Michael Christian? Seriously. Three votes. I did swear then. (laughs) We'll beep that out. Three votes to Michael Christian. How hard... You played 200 games of football. You're a premiership player. Use your brain, Chriso. That's what it's there for. But how many times... This is just... Time, this, how many times has this happened last year since he's had the job? I don't understand how he keeps getting... It's a tough job. Yeah. Seriously. But it can't be that hard, can it? What was tough about it this week? Yeah. I didn't have the ability to see all the camera angles that he saw. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Mm. But they turned it over pretty quick when it went to the tribunal. No, I know. But they had all of the camera angles at the tribunal. So he's, you're defending him now? No, you've given him in your worst on votes. And now you do, no, oh, you actually, got, there was a lot of angles we didn't see. You guys need Why don't you to, put him in your best votes? You need to just take all <laughs> things into account sometimes. <laughs> Jeez, you went hard at him. Now you just dialed it right back. You just you remembered you're an AFL employee, Richo. Hey, um, as well as this is going, let's move across to this week's game. Now, we've got the new streamlined process where we only look at the three biggest games of this round, which we're going to kick off with Thursday night footy, Adelaide versus Geelong. This will be an absolute corker. We've been very lucky with our Thursday night games so far, and this one will not disappoint. Adelaide, eighty-eight. Geelong with the bulk of the cash at $1.92. Source Jacobs out for Adelaide, so that's why we're seeing a lot more cash on Geelong. Brownie, tough one to tip. Who are you going? Really tough one to tip. Adelaide are very good at home, although they did get touched up by the Hawks in round one. They, they were okay last week against Sydney, but I just think Geelong, Geelong do travel well, and they've played well in Adelaide before. I like the way they go about it. I think their defensive end with the way they're set up at the moment, they'll be able to cover Walker and also yeah. Jenkins. So yeah. I'm going to tip Geelong. I think it's going to be close. You could almost do the try bet uh, under 15.5 points either side, but I think Geelong will win. Yeah, it's hard to get a real read on Adelaide, isn't it? I mean... They were all right against Sydney, but mm. Sydney is struggling as well. So it's going to be tough to tip against Geelong. They've started the year so well. Beat, they've beaten two quality teams from last year. The other thing is they defend smaller grounds so well because Geelong is a narrow ground. The Adelaide Oval's not a wide ground, so it's quite a similar dimension to Geelong. Their defence is so well organised, you're right. They'll be able to cover the two key forwards. And their midfield is incredible at the moment. Yeah, you don't even have to have Selwood and Dangerfield in the middle. Gary Abler can't get a run at the centre square bounce. So it shows you how well they're going. Tim Kelly's a star. Danger. $2 for 30 disposals again, Tim yeah. Kelly. He's had it the first two weeks. Even money. Happy to take that. So who would you tag if you if you ran with someone? Is it Kelly or Danger? Oh, look. In the You'd midfield. almost have to go Dangerfield, oh, I think. But I think you go with Kelly because Kelly doesn't really go forward, so it's easier just to run yeah. with him. Danger, just as soon as he gets a hard tag, he goes forward and kicks goals. So, yep. gee. Or oh, you I, could take the option to just take out Mitch Duncan, who's a very good user of the yeah. footy, gets it 25 times. And then you, but then you've got Menangola, who can run through mm. there. Parfitt's going through there. Their, their midfield is so deep. So I might tip Geelong, as you said. Mm. It will be close. 
but Geelong are uh, looking so good at the moment. Matty Crouch, if you just want a little bit of a fill-up, 30 or more disposals. Now, he's done that in his last Oh, he does it every week, doesn't he? $1.30. Yeah. Matty's called Money it's a fill up. Rope. Well, it's a fill-up if you put a lot of money on it. <laughs> Which we're saying, <laughs> as always, very responsibly. Second game we're going to look at is Collingwood versus West Coast. $1.46 for Collingwood. That 75% of the cash staked has been on the pies. West Coast... We'll get you $2.60. Are we all tipping Collingwood here? Yes. Yeah. Um, West Coast were very impressive last week, and they've got a great midfield. Andrew Gaff comes back to add to that midfield. Shuey was great. Elliot Yo. If we had those three players playing in Melbourne clubs, gee, we'd be talking about them yeah. a lot. But okay. Collingwood, geez, they batted deep. As I spoke about Maine before, and then you've got Crisp, who had 33 disposals as well. So they, they bat super deep, and I just think Collingwood... Will win this at game. the MCG. You can't not tip Collingwood at the MCG. I know the Eagles beat them in the grand final, but Collingwood were in front all day, and they've got better. I mean, Elliot comes back in. We've talked about that in the first few rounds. And Darcy Moore, he's key defender. Uh, if you'd picked an All-Australian mm. after yep. two rounds, he's centre-half back. So he's been great. Roughhead's added another big body down there. Beams looked like Dame Beams last week against Richmond. The Eagles, they cannot let Collingwood uh, play like Richmond did. Keepings off. Oh, they had 170 mm. marks. You can't let a team do that, control the play. You're just chasing all day. Um, West Coast are obviously a very good side. Looked a bit better last week, but Collingwood are in better form. And on the G, you've got to tip them. Into $4.50, Brownie, for the flag. Do you, are they your f- flag favourites now? At the well? moment, yeah. They lost their first round, but no, I think they deserve to be flag favourites. The side that were... Flag, flag favourites. Richmond, $2.25. No, we can't take a bet on them anymore. Now, Rant, no Rance, no Rewalt. No Hawley. $2.25 against mm. GWS. I'm going to take GWS at the line here. I think GWS... Ooh, what's I think, the line? Uh, it's around eight and a half. That'll probably move a little bit because I reckon there'll be money for GWS. But Richmond were pretty unimpressive last week without their two superstars. Uh, Dustin Martin down on form. So I'm happy to take the Giants in this one. Yeah, look, it'd be hard to tip, wouldn't it, Richmond up at uh, Giants Stadium. But where are GWS at? I mean, they beat Essendon in round one. Well, we now know Essendon are really struggling. Went across to Perth and were beaten comprehensively. So, look, I wouldn't say they're absolutely flying. But at home, you would have to tip them. It'd be interesting if... uh, Kelly comes back in this week. Is he is he due to come? Don't in? know. He's meant to be, but yeah. teams aren't. Happy. If he comes in, it'd be pretty hard to pick Richmond. The thing is, when you've got Grimes and Rance out, who plays on Jeremy Cameron? Mm. Uh, it, it might be Asprey, but I don't think he's got the the pace or mobility to go with Cameron. So that's the real issue for Richmond. Who goes to Cameron? Um, yeah, you'd have to tip the Giants here. Going to give you some value here Ooh. in the thirty disposal market and twenty five. Our old former teammate who framed his first dollar from football, Brett Delidio, is $81 to get 30 or more disposals. Now, he's $81. been playing more in the midfield. $81 He'd be pretty to get keen 30 or more. Too, won't he? To get 25 is $8.50. I don't know whether... It's worth a it, it's worth it's a, a It's worth a Stewie Diver. For 25 Stewie Diver? Uh, fiver. Yeah. It's you not like, bad. I don't yeah. mind that one. Haven't I like you, haven't you heard that one? No. What? No. What do you and mean? I'm normally up to date with with rhyming saying. Stewie He's Diver. never heard the Stewie Diver. I've got SEN later on today. And that to be exactly honest, I've either. Okay. Don't, you didn't make it up, though, did you? Yep. No. <laughs> um, so we've done the three games. The one I will... I think Carlton beat Sydney this week. Really? At home in Melbourne. Sydney were awful last week. They're slow. And if they don't go through Franklin, they don't score... 
Carlton have been super impressive. Apart from that first quarter against Richmond, they pushed Port Adelaide all the way away, and uh, I think Carlton win that game. Sydney can't score. Can they? Carlton will score. And they're 260, I think, Carlton yep. at the moment. And the line, if you wanted a, a couple of extra goal margin there, the 12 line's and a half at points. 12 and a half. So the Blues, I think, will win. And I'm going to take Brett Delidio at 81 bucks for 30 disposals. We're here at the punting section of the podcast, Brandy. We didn't get off to the best of starts because you have been crowing from the rooftops about your $1,000 challenge, which you should be able to find at least a $1.20 winner every single week. Now, the first week... You put $1,000 of sports bets money towards, uh, who'd you take? Melbourne. Yep, Melbourne got rolled. And lost. So we had to reinvest last so week. So how did he go last, last week? Last week, he put $1,000 on Port Adelaide at $1.20. So, he's so we've got $1,200 in the kitty. And that's his theory. You yep. roll over $1.20 and he every week. Needs you roll, roll it in. that into another $1.20. So what are you going to do this week, mate? What am I going to do, Matthew? It's a tough little week. It is a tough week. Um, as so I roll yeah, through, well prepared, so he's no, I am. I'm just deciding which one I'm going to go. I'm, I am going to go uh, oh God. Melbourne, oh. but I am going to go um, at the line. So I'm going to pick my own line for the demons. You can do that with sports bet. Pick your own line. Friday night footy. Yeah. And what I'm going to do to get that dollar twenty, I'm going to take the demons at plus eight and a half. Ooh, so okay. the demons, the demons win, or they can't be beaten by more than eight and a half. And that will get you. So we're putting twelve hundred dollars on that, which we get you at a dollar twenty-two. I'm not very good at maths, but we'll it's, work it. It's that a lot out. of money. We'll work that out. Uh, now, last week we didn't go too well with the individual bets. Of course, <clears> you guys get given a hundred dollars each. Right. This is hypothetical. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we I, must stress, I, you I are work not at the football yep. club, and I would not even think about doing it. And I think Nathan, aren't media are no longer allowed to to bet on the games they commentate on? Is that, uh, is that a rule? From midnight the night before. Oh, okay. Is that right? Mm. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, of course, hypothetical. I think that's right. I hope it is. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, of course, you get $100 each week of hypothetical money to put on a hypothetical bet. Richo, where'd you, last week you went with Jack Rewalt for four goals, which of course did not get up. Poor, he broke his wrist. And Brownie, you went with Sam Reed for three goals and GWS at the line. Neither of went, which went... Sam Reed was pretty ordinary. He was awful. Where are you going this week? Where's your, where's your $100 of hypothetical dollars going? I'm going to put it on Carlton. Okay. $100 wow. on Straight Carlton. On I think they beat Sydney. Mm. I've been bullish about the Blues for a long time, yeah, and it's time for the Blues to arrive, and I think this is it. I'm going to go with Paddy Dangerfield in the yep. big game, and he'll have 30. 30 disposals, so I can get that, those markets up. I think oh. it's $1.45, I think. $1.45. So 50 on Paddy Dangerfield at to get 30 disposals and 50, of hypothetical dollars. And 50 on the Cats. And 50 on the Cats of hypothetical dollars. And Brownie... Danger for $1.45. So I'm going to take Carlton uh, just head-to-head. Head-to-head. Now, each week, you guys throw the challenge out to the other person to do a a movie script. Now, this started when uh, poor Richo was very angry about someone that broke in and stole his his sunglasses. So he went with Liam Neeson. Last week, you went with Remember the Titans? Yes. A fantastic speech. This week, Richo, you got thrown the challenge of Rocky. Yes. Now, you did send the clip. Which so, we will, what we'll do now is... Yeah, we're going to have a listen uh, to it. No, I'm just going to throw to a little clip here. And, the, and anyone who knows Rocky, yep. this is when Apollo comes up with the idea to fight an underdog Ooh. for the world title. Without a ranked contender, what this fight is going to need is a novelty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So, Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. 
a snow white underdog and I'm going to put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's going to be. Great scene. Isn't it? Great scene. I love it. Apollo Creed, how good is he? Very good. So I can't wait for this. So I thought, how am I going to mix this in? And I thought, well... I'm going to bring Hummer into it, okay? Mm. Now, if you remember last week, I rang Rich to pump him up (laughs) and tell him how good it was, the little cartoon that he had made for our promo. Which, mate, I've been getting a lot of flack from my mates this week. They say, look, because I don't call them back either. They say, well, no wonder you're not even calling Richo back. So he didn't, Hummer didn't call me back, okay? Now, I forgave him for that. Uh, I emailed Hummer yesterday about this podcast again because I'm doing homework, unlike you two clowns, right? And... (laughs) Unfortunately, Hummer hasn't responded again, okay? <laughs> but being uh, being the man I am, I am now going to play the role of Apollo Ooh. Creed here and I'll just uh, go to the script, all right? Look at this. He loves his script. I got it. Without a polished professional host, what this podcast <laughs> is going to need is a novelty host. This is a town of multiple footy podcasts, right? So Matt Richardson, on the 3rd of April 2019, <laughs> is going to give a local underdog host another opportunity. He's third. A rank, inexperienced underdog host, and I'm going to put his face on the promo poster with me and Brownie. And I'll tell you why, Brownie, because I'm forgiving. And a lot of other people in this footy-loving town are just as forgiving. And then I would like nothing better to see Richo and Brownie give that local underdog host a crack at being the best footy podcast in town in AFL season 2019. That's the way I see it, and that's the way it's going to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice Brilliant. work, Matthew. No, I mean, that Unfortunately, we're working with a peanut, though. So I've given you another opportunity, <laughs> Rich. Have you dropped a few of the underdogs out of that? <laughs> you, <laughs> so, he's, so he's rang you now. And he's emailed you, and you haven't got back to him twice. And as you said, he's given me one last chance. Well, that will be just about it. And we got the podcast run down. Like, subscribe, comment. But Brownie is, most importantly, gamble responsible.